We are Gatriarchs, two of the world's okayest dads. And while we love our kids, they can also be a-holes. So every week, we get together and talk it out, one horror story after the other. Like the time my three-year-old asked his grandmother if she has a penis. And the time I ran out of wipes in public and had to use Dunkin' Donuts napkins dipped in iced tea. Being a gay parent is hard. <laughs> hard. Join us as we trade war stories over a nice box of wine. Gatriarchs. Less goop, more baby poop. You're listening to Well I Laughed, part two of The Happiest Place on Earth, The Pink Palace. Got it. Well, that was lame. How's your week been, Maya? <laughs> oh, it's been so great. I feel at home here. I feel like I never leave, really. I don't know if I like that or not. I want you to go home at some point. I also would like to go home because I need to pack. Dear listener, last week's episode... Recorded about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> we took a little water break. Someone broke out cuties, like a soccer game. And yeah. now we're here for the second half. <laughs> Grant didn't want to sit down, so it was a very awkward conversation while I sat on the couch and stared up at him. I did this cool, sexy, kind of like Quasimodo Q-shape thing going on whenever we record. Mm. I try to take the entire weight of my body and rest it gently at the bottom of my spine, which is a person who had childhood scoliosis and, I mean, I guess now I also adult scoliosis. <laughs> Actually, wait. <laughs> that is uh, yeah, what they say medically is not good. Um, so I just needed to kind of be, uh, and I hate to say it, be straight for a second and just kind of get everything pointed in the right direction. And that's why I sat on my legs the whole time <laughs> and then immediately regretted it. And then when I sat down, I'm now sitting on my legs again. Walking like a pirate, just kind of like waddling a little bit. Yeah. You know what my mom likes to say when she gets on the couch and does stuff like that? What? Just got to gotta kind of get everything going here real quick. <laughs> you kind of got to kick, kick everything into gear. And I, that was really funny as a kid. And now it's like so relatable <laughs> as her adult child. Like, Oof, that is real. In, when I was in Paris with Tyler, he, <laughs> uh, like I would get tired of walking and be like, I have to rest my gams. And the first couple times he said, I said it, he was like, never say that again. <laughs> and I have not stopped saying it since. <laughs> I, every time I sit down on something and I'm like in public, I like immediately hands on knees. There's an exhale. And every now and then I will say, it's nice to take a load off. (laughs) Oh man. I feel like I'm in that progressive commercial. (laughs) You don't want to turn into your parents. (laughs) Oh yes. And I hope people who are turning into parents, if you can't sit on the couch, it's too many pillows. (laughs) Very relatable content from my household. Um, I love this. We're also getting two Tyler references in a row out early. So Tyler, if you're listening to this, we talked about you. You can stop listening. You don't want to. No, you want to listen to this one. It's a good one. Today is my time to share a story, and I'm very excited about it. Um, But before I get into that, I am in the back of my mind very conscious of the fact that I have not packed for the trip that I'm taking, and I leave for it in like seven hours. And do you know what my brain's (laughs) thinking right now? Okay, so we record this, like an hour and a half, two hours. Still have time to do laundry, that's fine. Have time to do at least one load of laundry. (laughs) Ooh, my brain could never. My brain is convinced it takes at least three days to do laundry. (laughs) Is that your brain or your depression? (laughs) (laughs) We could cut that if that was cereal. That was too good. (laughs) 
the answer is yes. Because here's the thing. If you just put on the Carly Rae Jepsen album, The Loneliest Time, yeah. you're... You're already done putting away all the laundry before she's even gotten to act two of that here's album. The shit, here's the problem, though. I don't have as much problem putting away... Uh, that's a lie. I do have a problem putting away laundry. But my big problem is that I know that once I put in a load of laundry, I can't really get settled into my next thing because I'm going to have to go throw stuff in the dryer. And that's going to take a while because I have to pull out all of my like athleisure wear that has to air dry and then start the dryer. And then I have to come back again to get stuff out of the dryer. And my ADHD brain... like. If you ha if I have a task at 4 p.m., entire day is like, well, I have that thing for. Like, Just I can't do anything before that I have that thing at 4. Two, two immediate reactions. <laughs> First, thank you for explaining the process of laundry to our listeners. It's just a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And second, it's reminding me, very early on in this podcast, you were like, I dedicated an entire afternoon to vacuuming. <laughs> and it turns out it's like maybe 20 minutes. There's three rooms that have carpet here. I also want to say, for my defense and for the record, I'm not usually that kind of packer for a trip. It's just this is my last trip that I'm taking before school starts, and I'm while I'm very, very blessed for this opportunity, I've had a couple different things that I've had to leave for over the last month or so. Um, and so I'm like, okay, we can, we'll just put all the shirts back in the suitcase <laughs> again. Yeah, that is exhausting. Some of them will see a hanger come fall, but until now, They're rolled tight like a sushi or a burrito. Going and, back uh, into the suitcase. Let's go. <laughs> I like options. So. I feel that I always overpack, which is why I'm very stressed for all of the vacations mm. coming up. And as I told her, the nice thing about being a guy is I have seven outfits, so I know exactly what to pack unless there's an eighth day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem for me because I don't know, like, will I want to wear a dress? Will a dress feel like too mm. much? Will I feel bloated and so mm. I don't want to wear anything tight? Or do I want to wear jeans? Will it be a little bit chilly out? Do right. I need a cover up? Because if I need a cover up, then it's like, that's a whole lot of space in the suitcase and then sure. what do I take out how many kinds of shoes do I need do I need sandals will it be too hot for regular shoes should I wear regular shoes from walking a lot but if I'm walking a lot and it's hot I'm gonna start sweating and so I need some sandals and then on Maya's top of like, that like can we stay inside and at home and that would solve everything <laughs> and then I also need to bring my makeup and like do I am I gonna need to curl my hair while I'm mm. there because then that's a whole other set of things and hair products As and a sunburnt bald man I do skip those last two steps <laughs> Um, one time, proudest packing moment ever, I uh, once went on a ski trip up to Canada, mm -hmm. and I'm not much of a skier, but I do like to travel. And <laughs> We've so, talked about that on the show. A couple times, a couple times. So my proudest <laughs> achievement was I managed to bring like four coats and like three different beanies and had a different outfit every single day. And that included ski bibs too. I hate you. Yeah, I know. I'm really good at it. <laughs> That grand or that grand? <laughs> no, that's why I'm so fucking confused. I'm so confused. <laughs> um, We're talking about, and I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Just getting a little taste of it here and there. It's um, so funny. It's funny in a way that I think is easier to watch than like The Office, where they like they joke. I mean, I love The Office. It's funny, mm -hmm. but sometimes you're like, oh, God, this is almost painful to watch happen. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> Scott's tots. I like. Oh, I, that's the watch. only episode that I cannot <laughs> watch. The other episode a lot of people can't watch is um, the dinner party, and I that love is. The you, party. They, thank I, you. That is one of my. Favorite fucking I think episodes. There's a chance that I stayed in a relationship longer than I otherwise would have because we kept watching the <laughs> dinner party together. <laughs> and it like papered over some of the things that we weren't communicating about. I love the like floating head with Pam in the bathroom. 
<laughs> or no, I might be Jim in the bathroom. They're like, I think they're trying to compete on who can make their guests the most uncomfortable, and they're both winning. <laughs> when you fall down, you you have a lot of people in the room. You could just. <laughs> As a person who does legitimately love to host dinner parties too, it's so, so wonderful funny. to watch. When he puts the steak in the wine, she's like, "Can you not do that? It's disgusting. I have soft teeth. How dare you say that?" Her candle room. <laughs> oh great! I'll be your first customer. <laughs> You burn them, you buy them. If you haven't seen this episode at oh, this point, so that's that's on you. I'm sorry. It's, it's a good episode. still worth watching. So, um, so I think we've cultivated quite a bit of joy here, which fits into this week's we theme. We laughed. I don't think we said, well, I laughed at the end of the last episode. I don't think we did either. Well, but we chuckled. We laughed. And I have already done it in this one, too. Yeah. And that's, that's extra great because the this end of the theme. Of this, <laughs> that's fair, honestly. I did a lot of research, but it's okay. I have a hard time communicating what I need. <laughs> No, so this week is part two of our theme, The Happiest Place on Earth. Mm-hmm. And I have a title for this one, but I'm not going to share it at first. Because, mm. dear listener, I truly have managed to keep my story a secret for from For the first Maya. time in three times of him telling a story. I Listen, I like kind of just like eyeball checked everything else. But the first two paragraphs <laughs> of this story, I really worked hard on. Love so that. I just, like a little words of encouragement or praise... Maybe a little bit of both. Good job, Grant. <laughs> Cut to intro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into this. Okay. okay? <clears throat> I'm oh, excited. Jesus. On March 27th, 1974. What's going on? The John Denver song, Sunshine on My Shoulder, is the number one song in the U.S. The famous terracotta army in China is about to be rediscovered in two days. Um, Richard Nixon has four months left of his presidency before he resigns, and ABBA is about to win the Eurovision contest this year with their song, Waterloo, which will launch them into fame. Mama Thomas loved her ABBA, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> I loved my my first concert was an ABBA cover band at Red Rocks. That is really like the foundation of this podcast group. <laughs> um, <laughs> but on March 27th, 1974, in the U.S., Bill Waugh, name sounding familiar yet? No? Mm-mm. Okay. Bill Waugh is about to showcase his grandest vision yet. Bill graduated with a degree in fine arts and had a dream of an interactive art experience whose focus, sorry, an interactive art piece whose focus on experience would quickly make it a legend, drawing visitors from every corner of the globe. Bill Waugh had been inspired by his trips abroad and refined this vision at various art meccas like Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. And now, he would reveal to the world the piece of work that would define his career. I even wrote your name into my notes. (laughs) Maya, any guess at what that piece of work might be? Dear listener, I don't have a degree in history or (laughs) civics. So for all future reference, whenever Grant manages to keep it a secret and then ask me. 25% of the time. (laughs) 
Do you have any guesses? My answer will probably be no, which is disappointing because I do like art. <laughs> that's upsetting. It's good to know. I want you to remember that's what you said. Maya does like art. Bill Waugh was about to open, quote, the Disneyland of okay. Mexican restaurants. I knew it had something to do with Disneyland. Is it? You want to take it? Bonita. He's about to open Casa yes! Bonita. <laughs> He's about to open Casa Bonita, the famous Mexican restaurant in Denver, Colorado. I'm so excited! Which is actually located in Lakewood, one of Denver's suburbs. <laughs> if you don't know... Because <laughs> you if, grew up in Colorado. Yeah. If, if you ever ask anyone who grew up in Colorado about Casa Bonita, the Denver metro area, they will know and they will have varying degrees of love and respect for it. <laughs> so, um, go ahead. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't want to give away too much because I don't know what you're going to talk about, but. There was some thought into like how the delivery happens. Um, this is a great chance to say I get my, I got my information from a variety of sources. <laughs> the Denver press is covering this like a presidential election. It's um, because we all are so obsessed with gossiping. <laughs> there are three gold domes in Colorado. The state capitol, one of the buildings that mines, and Casa Bonita. <laughs> so you think about how much we love and respect this Mexican restaurant that gave us all food poisoning at some point in our lives. So um, I got my sources <laughs> from the Denver Public Library, which has archived half a century of oh news about Casa Bonita. I got it from several interviews with uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, I think, uh, the creators of South Park. <laughs> I found a 10-year-old interview with the general manager at Casa Bonita, so we were able to take a look inside and see what it was like in, like, 2012, 2013. I also got it from the Denver Post and the New York Times. This is my most thoroughly researched story yet. And it's a Mexican restaurant about eight minutes from my house. I'm so excited. Let's dig in. <laughs> okay, so. Words never said a cosplay. <laughs> yes. If you're, if you're from Casa Benita, that was for the old Casa Benita. I don't know what it's like we'll now. Get there. We'll get there. We got, okay. we, got a lot, we got a lot to unpack, which is fun. Okay, so Casa Benita is a famous Mexican restaurant in, <laughs> it said Denver, Colorado. It's actually in Lakewood, but that's a suburb in Denver Metro. Um... We're going to talk about what makes it so infamous, but before we do, <laughs> the look on Maya's face is so <laughs> joyous. <laughs> I have seen her face after she got engaged. <laughs> I don't know if it's this happy. My cheeks hurt. <laughs> okay. So, um, first, there were actually three other Casa Bonitas. What? <laughs> Two in Oklahoma and one in Arkansas. The Denver Casa Bonita, opened by Bill Waugh, was his fourth Casa Bonita. What the fuck? The Denver one was the last one to open. Um, two others in Arkansas and Oklahoma, the last of which closed in 2005. 
Of the three, two closed in like 1993, my birth year, uh, and then the third and final one closed in 2005. Um, there was a reason you had never heard about any of them before, and it's this. Oh no. When opening up the Casa Bonita in Denver, the building had been a jewelry store and also home to an international Jewish refugee organization. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't immediately built to be a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> Sorry, it's just so funny that that's what was there before Casa Bonita. The look Benita. of shame on Grant's face as you said that. Unmatched. It's like nothing wrong with refugee organizations. It's just imagine closing down a McWay for Casa Bonita. Okay, so uh, when Bill Waugh is touring this... It's part of a strip mall. Like, it's not even a standalone no, building. <laughs> Bill Waugh is touring this place he's trying to turn into Casa Bonita. He notices there's a hole in the ground, and whereas any other engineer would be like, that's a problem, <laughs> Bill Waugh had a degree in fine arts. And so Bill had an idea. Okay. He ordered the hole be made much bigger and introduced cliff divers to the Casa Bonita experience. Denver's location was the only one with cliff divers. And that's the only reason it's last. I want to point out that for those of you who have rewinded twice to hear what I just said, Yes, this Mexican restaurant in Denver, Colorado, which is 100% inside, not a single part, it is not outside seating, anything, features cliff divers. It's not even its own building. No. It's just a tenant in the strip mall that it's in features cliff divers. So I'm going to tell you what makes Casa Bonita so famous and wonderful. I'm going to talk to you about some of the controversies that surrounded it. We're going to get into its like death and then rebirth like a phoenix Honestly. bursting from its sopapillas. The number of people that are everyone my age and like around my age is like clawing their way. Yes. Like it just opened to the public again and it was like a wait list to get on and people were like, well, we're going to talk about that invited? too. I have that answer, dear listener, so stay tuned. <laughs> Okay, so before we get into any of that, though, I'd like to share a little personal story once. Oh, my God. So um, I'm a child of the Midwest, and I'm grateful for that experience for having grown up in Nebraska. I say a lot of stuff about it. I am grateful for that experience. But being a child from the Midwest meant that any vacation we took as a family, we needed to be able to drive to. And Denver, which is seven hours away from my childhood home, is drivable by Midwest standards. Did you come to Casa Bonita on family <laughs> so vacation? We, did. we came to Casa Bonita. It was the first time. I am like, I'm not even joking. I am, I think, seven or eight when we do this Colorado trip. Which also, can I say, that is actually also really crazy because there aren't, kids don't have cell phones at the time. No. My brother and I each have two Beanie Babies and a Game Boy, and my parents thought far enough ahead <laughs> to pack more batteries so we could switch them out in the car because it's not like a thing you charge it's yeah. it's like legitimately maybe the year 2000 in this story I love this. and we saw mountains for the first time we did all these like colorado things and one of them was casa bonita <laughs> and what's so wonderful is i remember going as a kid and and thinking back on it as I grew up, it felt like this fever dream. And so then at 22, when I went with friends, like with a college degree at that point, I was like, my childhood brain 
remembered every second of this place perfectly. It left such a mark. So I'm going to stop teasing. (laughs) I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what is inside this Mexican restaurant. So it's honestly, to even call it a Mexican restaurant, it's not a Mexican restaurant. Completely undersells it. Um, It's huge on the inside. There's like multiple levels Mm -hmm. just simply for where you can eat. Um, They have a couple of different, they all have different names. There's terraces, palace level. You can eat in a cave, which is not even the amusement cave that you can go to. <laughs> there are more than There's one multiple cave. caves. Um, you can also eat cliffside, which is just <laughs> in the, the dead center of the restaurant overlooking <laughs> the pool that they're jumping into. And it's the premier seating, but it's also the loudest because you're close to the active waterfall. They keep <laughs> In the restaurant. And so you're like, okay, so you sit there and it's just kind of crazy, but like, how could I possibly see all the other parts of this restaurant? Because you sit, it's not like you wander around a restaurant. You do it, Casa Bonita, <laughs> after you're done eating. And we'll talk about how you even get your food later. <laughs> it's a whole fucking thing. After you're done eating, you just wander around and they want you to, because in addition to mm-hmm. serving food, they also have live music. Character artists, wandering mariachi bands, cliff jumpers, which I mentioned earlier, and a waterfall and a terrifying gorilla that runs around <laughs> intentionally God. trying to scare I forgot about the, the gorilla. gorilla. It's just like their lowest paid employee in an all leather gorilla outfit suit. intentionally trying to scare you, but also like <laughs> Is the villain and all the little shows that are going on? Yes! Because there's also, like, gunfights that are happening. And obviously, like, fake gunfights. But it's like, you... I'm I'm at Disneyland, but I also have enchiladas. Like, I... (laughs) It's humid in here, which is also insane because Colorado is so dry. Um, You're also scared for the cliff diver's life. Yes. Like, weirdly. Both climbing up and when they jump back down. Yeah. um, There are other things, too. Like, for instance, if you've ever wanted to go to a restaurant with kids and then immediately lose them, that's That's what Casa Bonita is. I was a summer camp counselor that went there. It was one of the most anxiety-inducing experiences of my life. Oh, is it because there's both a place called Black Bart's Hideout and Black Bart's Cave? That's right. Two different things they can crawl through. We did one of our final head counts in the cave, and in the span of doing that head <laughs> yes. count, we lost children. Correct. You can actually get behind the waterfall and get a picture taken. There's also, and this has always been kind of weird to me, a not themed arcade tucked into one <laughs> yes, of the corners. It's just an arcade. Everything else is you are in what is supposed to be styled as a Mexican village. And then the back corner, if you go through the right cave, is an arcade room. It's a haunted cave, too? Yes, exactly. It is so insane of an experience. And some of you right now might be thinking, wait, did South Park do an episode on this? Yes. Yes. And now you might also be thinking, did South Park accurately portray Casa Bonita? Also, yes. Also 100% (laughs) yes. Um, It's, you sit down, you eat food, and the way you get food is also crazy, because you don't, 
When you arrive, <laughs> when you arrive at Casa Bonita, first they're probably busy. Yeah. So you're sitting on the outside fountain, which in the which is in the middle oh, of the parking lot at a, at a strip mall. <laughs> And then they, they can take your party, so you go in and you buy a ticket, and I'll tell you what that ticket gets, but like, as you buy the ticket, you're like, oh, and for my dinner, I'd like tacos or enchiladas or something, and then you go through a rope line, like you're about to go on a roller coaster, and you like hand the ticket to a person who's pulling things cafeteria style onto a tray, <laughs> and they give it to you, and then a hostess walks you to your table. And it's there that you're going to get chips and salsa, you're going to get your soft drinks, you're going to get your sopapillas, all unlimited, all included with your ticket. But what if you run out of sopapillas? Because you said it's unlimited. Do I have to go back up to the front? No. They have little, not offensive at all, Mexican flags that you can go ahead. (laughs) That you can raise. So if you raise the Mexican flag, you need more chips and salsa. And if you lower it, you have enough (laughs) chips chips and salsa. And that is how you communicate with the wait staff when you need something. Because this is a place that can literally serve like thousands of people at once. Because it's just, it's everywhere. So one of the things that I really love in talking about the many different perks and quirks of Casa Bonita, um, there was an interview eight, nine, ten years ago from a worker who was a cliff diver at Casa Bonita. And they used to have these sweatshirts that said Casa Bonita swim team. That was so cool. Because it was high school students. High school and college students. And we're going to get into that too. Fucking crazy. Um, Eight years ago, a cliff jumper at Casa Bonita in Denver, Colorado, (laughs) had this to say. The job of a diver gets a lot easier as soon as you learn how to juggle fire. And that's not (laughs) an analogy, that's a real skill. (laughs) Because if you can juggle fire, you don't have to climb the rocks as much, and they gave you a raise because you learned how to do it. (laughs) See, in addition to be a, a cliff jumper, you're also kind of like just entertainer and so the cliff jumpers in swimsuits will light three like sticks on fire and then juggle them and because you're busy juggling fire you don't have to do a couple more dives that the not fire jugglers have to keep doing so it's easier because it, you don't have to use all that body strength because you're just juggling fire a little bit let me tell you what the inspiration for Casa Benita was. Do you need a second? Are you okay? <laughs> analogy. <laughs> oh, I don't have to jump off of this three-story tall indoor cliff into the uh, pool the size of this table if I learn how to juggle these flaming sticks. And meanwhile, everyone's like, excuse me, could I get some more chips and salsa? I haven't seen my child in half an hour. (laughs) And I told him we have more food when he came back and I'm worried (laughs) into the haunted cave. I know it's actually a very small percentage of our listeners that that live in Colorado. And so wherever you are in the world... If you have experienced Casa Bonita in Denver, Lakewood, Colorado, please write in and share your experience. I would love to know where you are now, what you remember from it, if you're going to go back. So, Oh, my God. In, in the interview, um, and also on their website and a couple other things, they said, and I love this so much, Puerto Vallarta 
was the inspiration for Casa Bonita, no. which is so funny because Puerto Vallarta, Mexico is a famous gay vacation spot. <laughs> it is the fire island of Mexico. It is the San Francisco. When I have friends who go and vacation in Puerto Vallarta, there are certain questions I don't ask them <laughs> about their time down there. And that is the inspiration for this family-friendly, gorilla-haunted, cliff-jump-diving restaurant. It was supposed to look like Puerto Vallarta during a festival. What? A festival of a town in southern Mexico that serves Tex-Mex poorly. Poorly is the crucial statement here. So, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are two Colorado natives Mm -hmm. who created the cartoon show South Park, based off of growing up in Park County, Colorado. Mm -hmm. So, another place that's actually real. real. Um, And because they grew up, and Park County is relatively close to Denver, Mm -hmm. but it's a a rural community. A lot Mm -hmm. of farming, ranching, like mineral extraction, things like that. It's like when you're on the highway, you know which direction you're going because it says this way to fair play. Right. And (laughs) it's a fun way to say it. Yeah. People just don't really know what fair play is, but they're like, the fair play is that way. (laughs) And Trey Parker and Matt Stone, as kids, grew up loving South Park. They named the South Park offices in its first season, Mm -hmm. Casa Bonita. They're like working out, I think in LA at that point, and their offices are named Casa Bonita. They love it so much that um, they create a South Park episode. And 10 years ago, the original Casa Bonita management, and I put this in asterisks, were fine (laughs) with their portrayal of the place in the South Park episode. But they did have to have a South Park index that if that episode of South Park aired on local Colorado television, they would have to increase staffing by 10% for that weekend because they were going to see a surge in customers. That's so funny. And that is kind of Casa Bonita in a nutshell. I have so much more to cover. You're going to learn more about it. Casa Bonita, though, is this, like, jewel of Colorado. Loved by everyone because of how absolutely weird and ridiculous it is. It's like a shared fever dream. Yes. Like, you know when you have that friend that says that weird thing that's like, like, oh, your parents did this when you were young? And you're like, no, I think you might have been abused. It's like that, but everyone had that experience. It is like going to a concert where you're like, isn't it so cool that we're all enjoying the exact same thing in the exact same way together? (laughs) Here is how much Colorado loved Casa Bonita. I have two little fun factoids for you. First, in 2009, the rock band The Fray (laughs) held their release party for their eponymous second album, E-P-O-N, eponymous second album, at Casa Bonita. (laughs) This album from The Fray includes Syndicate, You Found Me, and Never Say Never. And those songs were launched at Casa Bonita. You've heard those? Red Rocks is down the road. (laughs) I know. And probably has more parking. (laughs) Those songs are so popular, all three of them have been in Grey's Anatomy episodes. (laughs) Multiple times. 
But that's not even the craziest thing. In 2018, the Broncos announced their draft picks, wait for the whole sentence, at Casa Bonita with the help of Casa Bonita's resident magician. Could you imagine finding out your lifelong dream that your family has sacrificed for? You have been drafted into the NFL. Gets announced next to an indoor waterfall. And then a man who works there releases a duff. He pulls Is this your draft card? So many comments and I've forgotten all of them. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not. I pro- listener, I promise you, I am not cutting Maya off at all. I'm actively stopping every time I think she has a word to say. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> this place is unreal. And we're only like maybe a third of the way through the crazy facts I found out about this place. So, for. Our only, like, really sad part of this entire episode. I title it this, The End, Part One. (laughs) So, um, it's this beacon, it's this joy, it's crazy, it's (laughs) faded, it's all these things. And then in March of 2020, the governor of Colorado orders all restaurants to close, which turns out a place built on the ability of high schoolers <laughs> to jump <laughs> and was, juggle exactly fire <laughs> wasn't apparently a sound ship financially <laughs> and they almost immediately close like so permanently sad. it's still march of 2020 and many casa bonita employees report their last check from casa bonita Bounces because there's no money in the account. Oh, I remember there was like a fund me to help the Casa Uh, Bonita and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then within a year, Casa Bonita announces that they are filing for bankruptcy. But you can't keep a good man down (laughs) or a good restaurant. Mediocre restaurant with entertainment. (laughs) I love when I write these notes because it's so fun now, like live on the podcast. to see them the next sentence enter south park creators trey parker and matt stone who buy the restaurant in september of 2021 heroes of our generation truly you're about to find out truly how much of a hero they are in this situation the amount of money that they put into this restaurant insane i have many different levels of dollar amounts for you i am truly shocked that in the six months in which no one was watching it Mm -hmm. it didn't burn down but then i got a different answer which kind of helped explain it so it's september of 2021 the creators of south park and also the book of mormon (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah they wrote the book of mormon the musical you did it no oh yeah those live in two very (laughs) different Areas of my mind. They got money. <laughs> Offensive childhood cartoon creators and Tony Award winners. <laughs> so funny. Political and religious statements. Well done singing and dancing on stage. Children who make fun of singing and dancing and call everything gay and inappropriate names. So this is now a little side tangent, but we haven't had any of those because there's so much to unpack from this restaurant. So Book of Mormon certainly has one take 
on the Mormon religion. Yes. And Maya and I have spoken at length about our own thoughts and religious trauma. <laughs> Something good I'll say, like a little shout out, at least when it was first on Broadway, one of the biggest advertisers of the Book of Mormon was the Mormon church. Really? Who placed a, like a full page ad in every playbill and said, oh. our version's a little different. Check us oh. out at blankety blank. And I kind of love that because I think a lot of religions don't take a chill approach True. to things like that. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm not the church, but mm -hmm. I'm sure the Mormon church didn't love the no. fact that the musical was there. But they were like, hey, you're here anyways. If you want to find out the, the our truth, version yeah. of it, or at least what we think is the truth, yeah. you can check us out here. I love that. I do too. And makes it, like, at least me, feel a lot better about watching the <laughs> Book of Mormon. <laughs> That's super fair. And I do love religious authorities that have a sense of humor and some leniency. <laughs> And I love and respect all people who are religious. Absolutely. I also want some respect in return. Mm. And there you go. See every episode of this podcast yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one more Book of Mormon story before we jump back into Casa Bonita. <laughs> so Book of Mormon is like, like I'm not going to use the word inappropriate, but mm -hmm. it's certainly like an edgy yeah. musical. 100%. It is not Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat by any means. But I am really fortunate that I grew up, especially on my mom's side, in a family that really valued the performing arts. A lot of my cousins grew up in very small towns where if there was gonna be a play, all the kids had to be in it. If there was mm. gonna be a choir or a band, yeah, all the kids had to, had to be in it. it. So I spent a lot of my childhood like going to my cousins' play performances yeah. and then also their football games. <laughs> and so that means it's not necessarily unusual for like my aunts and stuff or whatever to like go yeah. to a show. My mom got two tickets to the Book of Mormon and was gonna bring, at the time, my 91-year-old <gasps> grandmother. But then, because she, you know, that's not the easiest in the world to like maneuver at age 91, things like that. Yeah. Decided to bring my dad instead. And then on the way back, my mom was like, I can't believe I almost brought my grandmother, or <laughs> my, my mom, my yeah, mother, yeah. to that place. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been kind of like, uh, like when you're watching TV with your parents and then suddenly there's a, a sex, sex scene, scene, but it's three and a half hours <laughs> and you paid a lot of money to do that. <laughs> okay. So. Oh my God. So the creators of South Park by Casa Bonita. And obviously these are people known for their comedy, but mm -hmm. they say in like every interview, yeah. they do not buy the place as a joke. I mean, kind of. They're like, how ridiculous That's would it be hilarious. if we own Casa Bonita? Yeah. But they're not here to like mock it mm -hmm. or like run it to the ground. Honestly, as you can tell from Maya's reaction, <laughs> every person that has ever been a part of Casa Bonita, either as like an owner or a general manager, speak about it lovingly. Like, yeah. like it is ridiculous and funny and a joke, but also, like something that people consider sacred and, <laughs> and cherish. And that includes the South Park creators. They remember it back in the day when mm -hmm. they were kids, back when it was in better shape and the humidity hadn't eaten away at all the paint. <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell that when they built it, that when Bill Waugh Wa built it in the 70s, mm -hmm. it wasn't a joke to him either. Yeah. Like he was like legitimately trying to create a good Word experience. <laughs> I just think, okay, hear me out. Gay vacation spot here on Denver's scariest highway. <laughs> make it bright pink. Let's make it bright pink so that way you know when you see it. Gold dome. Let's go ahead and, oh, terrify children <laughs> who are also our target demographic. 
and give them unlimited sopapillas, which is just sugar honey. bread. Yes. That's ma- what if we made their hands sticky? What would that do to the vibe of this place? And so after buying it, they um, turn to the process of like renovating mm-hmm. it and things like that. They bought the restaurant for $3 million. <laughs> Fucking insane. Uh-huh. Yeah. And when they bought it at first, they were like, cool, all right. Well, now we own it. Now we own it. It's going to take about $12 million to restore. And they use the word restore. And then we can open. Maya, do you think it costs them $12 million to restore oh, cost it them way more. Do you want to take a guess as to how much more? What's the, what was the number they have actually spent oh, on know. renovating? $30 million. $40 million. <laughs> what? They have spent $40 million for a restaurant that's not yet fully open, but is loved by everyone. everyone. In one interview, they said, quote, it really has been more of a restoration than a renovation. The restoration budget is close to infinity, and they have joked that they need roughly 6 million customers a night to break even on what they've invested. So... <laughs> Casa Bonita will live on as it's supposed to and not generate them any money. Like, it will make them money, <laughs> but it will probably never yeah. break even. <laughs> Let alone what they could have gone if they, like, invested that elsewhere. Also, when I saw that number, I was like, good for South Park. I didn't know it brought in that kind of money. It's been going for a while, I mean, I guess. He said, Matt Stone, who I think is excited about owning it, but maybe not as quite as excited as Trey Parker. <laughs> That's just the vibe I got from the interviews. <laughs> Matt Stone said, we could have rebuilt this twice as big for half as much money, but we spent so much restoring it. It's like a piece of art. Aww, Isn't that sweet? Bill Wall would be so proud. So let's t- what... What well, took it from twelve million to forty million dollars? Real, uh, like chefs? I don't know. So first off, the outside of yeah. Casa Bonita is this like tower, kind of. I mean, yeah, it's it looks tower. like a bell tower. Correct. I think that's what it's supposed yeah. to look like. I don't know what it looks like in Puerto Vallarta, <laughs> but on West Colfax, it's like vaguely resembles a bell tower. Mm-hmm. It took renovators twenty-seven times to figure out how to match the Pepto-Bismol pink pink. shade. Because they are truly restoring it. They could have just painted it a very similar pink. They did not. They instead, 27 attempts to get to the right paint color. I want to see the paint splotches of them being like, no, too bright, too dark. Yeah, and like all of them lined up along the side. (laughs) Here's your next crazy statistic. The thing that makes them most famous, the uh, cliff jumpers, Turns out, every part of that is really dangerous. What? Here's what Scott Shoemaker, who oversaw the renovations, told the New York Times. The divers jump from 13, 16, and 30 feet in the air and land in a pool that's 13 feet deep. When I said it's like the size of this table, I was not really exaggerating. If you have a pool in your backyard, you have a bigger pool than Casa Bonita has. (laughs) But here's this, once you are in that tiny pool, while underwater, divers would then swim through a 30 inch wide tunnel. But it's okay, Maya, because that then opened up to the electrical room. 
both of which have been separated and been put elsewhere. So after shimmying through a tunnel so narrow, it would cause most people panic attacks. You gotta not touch anything or this huge Casa Bonita restaurant will go dark and fry you to death. What the hell? They also had to buy this kitchen. This is not a joke, I swear to God. (laughs) This was credibly sourced. They also had to buy the restaurant ovens and stoves. No, 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 no. No, they didn't need to replace the ovens and stoves. Are you telling me everything was made in a microwave? Everything was steamed. It was all steamers. They steamed everything. Matt Stone to the New York Times. makes so much sense for what I ate in that restaurant. You're like, why is nothing crispy? Like, I know beans are supposed to be soft, but why are they like this? They were steaming everything. Oh my god. But still, when you steam it, it still produces (laughs) grease. And so they also had to stop it from dripping directly into the city's waistline. <laughs> For 50 years, Casa Bonita's grease just dripped directly into the waistline <laughs> of Lakewood, Colorado. Oh, God! Um, oh, you also, from that. I'm in Denver. I'm in Denver. <laughs> Very close to Lakewood, but I'm in Denver. I think it's all one system, to be yeah, honest. I don't know. Um, Wastewater is not the same as fresh drinking water. So it was the out okay. stuff. But that's coating the pipes yeah. and like clogging stuff. Um, they had to fix glass leaks and uh, oh pumping issues. And that was just in the kitchen. I think they said they spent like $15 million on stuff you will never see. And then they got to the roof. Oh, no. See, the roof was slanted a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the previous owners... At one point, uh, Matt Stone said, near superhuman disrepair. Like, <laughs> like fabric and duct tape on everything. And so they got to the roof, and they needed to install a new HVAC system. But before they could, they had to spend two days scraping off dead birds and rats from the roof of Casa Bonita. Oh, my God. Because it, it was at a slant, they all started to pile. No! And that also meant it didn't drain. And so you actually had layers of dead birds and rats. And these are creatures that don't normally get a glorious death anyways. But then imagine being part of the fossil record. Yes, yeah, because you the sedimentary record of like when they changed chefs. Like. Top comment on um, the news article that I found oh, no. was, damn, too bad that couldn't drip into the kitchen and give it some actual oh. flavor. <laughs> The food was not good. Oh, you did not go for the food. <laughs> you went maybe for the soap appears, if anything. So they've fixed a lot of that. Um, they have put in a new HVAC system. They oh. do have to do some renovations, and this is good. Yeah. They do have to do some renovations internally to help bring it up to code for ADA accessibility. So if you are in a mobility device, you will be able to access basically any of the, the many... The cave. Correct. Any of the themed <laughs> dining rooms that they have. If you want to see 17-year-olds jump Jump into an electrical pit. You can. From the top. <laughs> exactly. From 30 <laughs> feet up. You can. Um, they also are hiring 500 new employees. Love that. And um, before they officially open, gave a walkthrough to the Lakewood Police Department and the SWAT team. Why? Because all uh, employees have gone through active shooter training. 
That's disappointing. Because we live in a dystopia, and if we sing about it a little bit, it's It'll still true. It'll make the sadness go away. <laughs> so um, they're aware of the times that we live in That's as well. That's good. And I feel like it's good that the SWAT team got a layout of the inside, because it is a maze. Correct. It's like it's intentionally built to be hard to navigate. Yeah. And all the lights are kind of dimmed down, <laughs> which is supposed to kind of help make you feel like you're at a nighttime yeah. festival but in Puerto Vallarta. But the ground was never level, Correct. so I was always tripping. I wasn't going to say this, but they said some of the carpets were so brown, they thought it was dirt when they first started to do renovations. Ooh. And they mean, to a degree it was, but yeah, not it, really. it seemed like dirt. So let's talk about what the food was like at Cosmonita. We're going to talk about it pre and post, and we're going to we have a really fun we have a really really fun thing to talk to you about now. Oh, okay, so, so the food, when it opened, even when it first opened, has never been considered good. The Denver Post sent its food reporter there, and he wrote honestly a pretty positive review of Cosmonita. And when he got to the food simply listed what was on the menu. Oh, <laughs> no. Left he, he really took his else. mother's advice. If you don't have anything that's nice to say, don't say it. Correct. Um, but the average Denverite was maybe a little less kind. Um, let me find it here real quick. Yep, okay. So from its opening, for the first several years, Casa Bonita was the subject to regular investigations from the food department because they kept getting complaints that they thought the meat was coming from not meat. But as the Denver Library points out in their article, Casa Bonita has always gotten their food from legitimate food vendors. So it has truly been how they've been cooking it, (laughs) which is through steam and not the food itself. Listen, when I was young, we adopted a chihuahua that was like on its last legs and we adopted it because it was found on the side of the highway and we couldn't like, the person who found it couldn't give it up and so we took it in and we let her live her like last years out. She could, she like didn't really have teeth anymore Mm -hmm. um, as small dogs don't. Sure. And she would only eat after much trial and error, boiled ground beef. And if you have smelled it once, you will never forget that smell. <laughs> and now you're like, if only I'd known the head chef at Casa Bonita <laughs> lost his dog. <laughs> I would have returned my dog. <laughs> um, Casa Bonita's food, while not good, was covered in cheese sauce. Yeah, so it was okay. That they did figure out. The They're kids like, would eat it. Correct. Listen, it's fine if it's mushy, because I think it's mushy from the cheese, and not because they were just steaming everything. Yeah, um, that really ruins all of the enchiladas. All of the, yes. <laughs> it suddenly makes sense why it was so easy to cut through <laughs> with the side of a fork. They didn't even have knives. Yeah. Just, honestly, if you could just get a, like a <laughs> straw, <and> just... <laughs> yes. Gross. Okay, so... Obviously, with that being its reputation, when it gets bought by new owners in 2021, they immediately, like the only thing they tell the news, We're the food's going to get better. <laughs> the food will get better, we promise. Introducing, <laughs> enter, to keep the theme going, enter a new chef that hopes to change that reputation. Chef La Loca, which is the crazy one, and what she goes by herself, government name. Was she the gorilla? <laughs> No, they wouldn't hire her. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm getting there, I promise. Dana Rodriguez, also known as La Loca, um, 
got her nickname when she got her first restaurant job and managed to say the F word so many times in five seconds. Her head chef was like, you're crazy. And she was like, "Uh oh, is that a new nickname I just heard? Um, We love reclaiming a word. I love it. We love reclaiming a nickname. I think I told you the story. Maybe not. Um, In seventh grade, I hadn't fully grown into my teeth yet. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. I know that's such a weird thing to say, but if you see pictures of me in seventh grade, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, my teeth are still big, but everything else, I think braces really help fix a lot of stuff. (laughs) I had a nickname called, uh, I was called the gopher in seventh grade. No! And let me tell you, I did not have the confidence to reclaim it like La Loca. (laughs) It got to the point that some of my... You know how in middle school, all your friendships are also the people who bully you the meanest, most devastating thing you've ever heard? Yes. Uh, my group of friends at the time pretended to be really invested into French and then asked the French tape teacher, how would you say no. gopher in French? And then was just called gopher in French <laughs> for like a really long time. It's funny now. <laughs> TM, 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 TM. <laughs> it's funny. Neck shirt. That's a neck shirt. <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay, so um, La Loca, which mm-hmm. is the name she goes by, when she first moved from Mexico to the United States, specifically sought a job in the food industry, applied to Casa Bonita, and was turned away from being the dishwasher. No. And now... She's the executive chef at Casa Bonita. I love an underdog story. I do too. Um, When they went and interviewed her, because La Loca, Chef La Loca, owns a couple of Mexican restaurants in Denver. Mm -hmm. Like, she made good here. That's good. Um, She had a couple things to say. First, they were like, what do you do? What are you planning on doing to change the food? This is her quote. And she said it multiple times. I heard it multiple times in all of the articles. The food will be real now. <laughs> It'll be real food. As opposed to like what Lego food? <laughs> the food will now be real food. Direct quote. That's what my notes say. It's like, like instead of those like plastic fruit bowls you see at house openings. Like what? Listen, I think you and I both ate at Cosby before the renovation. Yeah. I understand what I she's getting. I get it. I do get it. But people did eat it. They also reported it for being not meat. But it wasn't good. <laughs> uh, she says tortillas and salsas in the sopapillas will be made in-house now. I love that. Um, before Wait. she... They weren't made in-house before? Sopapillas were like cut and made in-house, and one of the interviews said they had to get a special sopapilla recipe to handle the elevation of Denver. That's fair. I don't know if that's true or not. But, that's true. Um, no, I think the salsas and tortillas were all bought beforehand. I'm just saying, if they were getting their sopapillas from somewhere else, <laughs> I need to know the source, because that was literally the only redeeming no, quality. That was, the I think, the one thing they were making oh, in-house, okay. which is insane. That's insane. That that is what was that, going yeah. well. Um... Anyways, when La Loca was a child in Mexico, she grew up helping her parents sell chickens and cheese to neighbors and restaurants in her community. Um, She hated it at the time because she was a child, but is now proud to kind of represent her family and cultural tradition. Um, And then she ends with this quote, and then there's a handful more things to get Mm -hmm. to. But La Loca, the new executive chef at Casa Bonita, one of her quotes is this. She is still the dishwasher, but she's also in charge of her own restaurants. Hell yeah, brother. Yes. She would go home crying early on because how hard the work is. 
but now she's a nominee for the James Beard Award. Yeah, isn't What's that cool? What's the James cool? Beard Award? Do you know? Like a really fancy, like this chef is award? yes, okay. it's like this is a good chef. Yeah. It's like a huge deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Casa Bonita is gonna have actual food. Like the menu now has like chicken excited. mole on it. I like need to go. I keep. I'm gonna make a. Re- we should go after I get back. We're Iceland. on the last page, and I can tell you the hours and also how you can get in because it's actually a really exclusive experience. <laughs> I know. Still. I think they just opened it to the public like a week ago. We're gonna get okay. there. We're gonna get there. Oh no. Because you're no, you're partially right. Okay. Okay. So this uh, there's two sections left, and this last one is called controversy. Oh. So almost all of its divers in its 50 year history or soon to be 50 year yeah. history, almost all of its divers have been high school and college kids who were like on swim and dive teams. But not everyone was very happy about that practice. Yeah. In October of 2020, so before they'd filed for bankruptcy, bankruptcy. former Acapulco, and that's like the famous cliff jumpers in Mexico. Okay. Former Acapulco World Cliff Diving Champion Samuel Hernandez sued Casa Bonita for age discrimination after being turned down for a diving job. What? Allegedly, hiring manager Rob Hall told Hernandez, quote, you are too old and I can't understand why you would want to be employed by Casa Bonita. You can just say you're overqualified. <laughs> End of sentence. And then you don't get a lawsuit, lawsuit for they filed bankruptcy so yeah. they're behind him now. He was the hiring manager and he goes, why would you want to work here? <laughs> like, you, could, you could say that so many other ways. You could do anything else. You're a world cliff diving champion. Why would you want to work here at I Casa I mean, Bonita? you're not wrong, but take your blessings where they why come. Why would you want to work here, the world's last Casa Bonita? <laughs> The world's Disneyland of Mexican food. <laughs> what? Something I they say proudly in several articles. Not the current owners, but like the previous yeah, yeah, yeah. ones. Um, uh, also, and this is now like very news within like the last three days or so, the employees they hired now, some of them are unhappy, and I'm trying to do my best to sum up it. The like kind of labor discussions right. are definitely still in progress. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say for this next part, I'm grabbing what I thought looked like like the chronological yeah. order of things. I might not know everything. In a week or two, new things could be revealed. Just saying I'm imperfect. But this is what <laughs> I've heard. This is what I was able to pull together. Um, a lot of the employees were hired essentially like we're going to pay you full, like you're going to be full time. You're going to be 40 yeah. hours. And a lot of them are not working that. Um, there is. Have they started a union? Uh, kind of. They gave them a list of demands. Here's one quote. We were hired for full time, 40 hours a week. But what we're averaging is 20 hours or less on oh. average. Even some of us are making less than 15 hours. <gasps> it's ridiculous. And we want to get paid in full. Told uh, Joe Lowry, who works in guest services at Cosmonita, told Denver 7 News on Thursday. So like two, three days ago. Wow. Um, they also said... One of the major issues is that there's no clear pathway to being open seven days a week, which is what needs to happen yeah. if you want to get everyone yeah. to full time. Uh, the restaurant right now is only open Thursday, Friday, right. and Saturday from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. since it reopened earlier this summer. The owners have come back and said, our plan has always been to open well, not to open fast. And I think they're still, they said they're in a beta testing period because there are a couple things that make Casa Bonita like unique, like the cafeteria mm-hmm. style, the wandering yeah. around, things like that. 
I don't want to make it sound like I'm taking management's side either, yeah. though. Like, if I was promised 40 hours, I'd be pissed. I have, pill, I have bills to pay. I'm not eligible for health insurance if yeah. I'm not working full time. Like, you know. Yeah, that is a lot of problems, but correct. I get what they're trying to do. Like, if that truly is the, what the answer, then okay. But also at the same time, you like, made a you promise. You need to apologize. To people, you need to, right? like, take accountability for your actions. If you have $40 million to buy a fun little project, you, you have need enough money to, be to able pay to, people. Right, exactly. And so then that became the next thing. One of the things they've learned, I guess, during this beta testing period was that people were tipping a lot less than they thought they were going to. So hmm. they got rid of tipping. Yeah, just and instead, add a gratuity. Right, so they got rid of tipping and instead raised everyone's minimum wage to $30 an hour instead. Good. Which they are reporting actually means some of the employees are making less. It was kind of hard for me to track. There was a couple of competing quotes. It's hard for me to track all yeah, of the like numbers there. Yeah, like what was happening. But at least some of the employees are not thrilled with the tipping being gone, um, which I'm here to support all workers. I hate tipping. I hate it. Just add it into <laughs> right. the cost of the thing. Charge me more and pay them 37 instead of 30 if like that's what it needs to be. I don't. Do not ask me to tip. Yeah, I, it's too much. It's it's math. It's social Correct. pressure. And I feel weird <laughs> tipping someone who just put a pastry in a bag. Right. I feel weird about it. Exactly. Just add it into the cost and then I won't feel weird about it. And so to like wrap things up, it's open for three days, five hours each day, yeah. which yeah, that tracks to 15 yeah, hours if I'm not only 40 being hours. paid. Right. Yeah. There is a merch store. Oh, visit ours. Yeah. There is a merch store. Um, honestly, some of it does kind of look cool. If you want to go eat there, you have to sign up for their email list in order to buy a ticket. Um, but buying a ticket then, then includes your dinner, soft drinks, chips, and salsa and sopapillas, alcohol, and other menu items sold separately. And then the very last line, there is one final conversation going on about Casa Bonita. And that is, is Casa Bonita culturally insensitive yeah i mean a little probably yeah i mean i would i would argue it's better now that they have an actual like authentic right chef having a literal um mexican immigrant who's yeah. now your head chef at a mexican restaurant that's supposed to kind of look like puerto vallarta yeah yeah I, like obviously Neither one of us comes from the culture yeah. that would find that insensitive. So mm -hmm. already we're coming from like a place of yeah. privilege. I don't think anyone's going there being like, and this is what Mexico really looks like. That's true. And I also don't think Casa Bonita is intentionally trying to parody yes. Mexico. That's to still to say, though, I mean, like... A bad yes. version is still a bad version. There is a gorilla running around <laughs> scaring oh, people. Oh, that is fair. Okay, I didn't forget about <laughs> you. It's so crazy with all the things in the story, how easy it is to forget that <laughs> this restaurant has a villain and it's a gorilla they employ. <laughs> and that is a message on capitalism. <laughs> so, um... Yes, it's this like beloved Colorado mm -hmm. thing. Um, it sits on the west side, which is in a predominantly Hispanic Latino mm -hmm. community. Um, I don't think anyone's like, this is Mexican food, you know? But it's also, how, how does one describe Casa Bonita? In my head, it has never been anything related <laughs> to Mexico. <laughs> in your head, it's just always been Casa, Casa Bonita. Bonita. <laughs> Said with an American accent. If you even try to make it sound authentic, mm. you're, you don't understand. It's like, 
Casa Bonita. Right. Yeah, like... Hard A, hard A, hard T. Yes. Yes. 100%. Can you share with me or with all of our listeners any fun childhood memories you have at Casa Bonita? <laughs> Honestly, so it was like everyone has those parties that they went to as a kid at like Chuck E. Cheese. Right. It was like that, but worse. But like better, you know, worse, like now that I'm thinking about it, but like better as a kid because you get food, you get all hopped up on sugar and soft drinks and your parents aren't there to tell you that you can't have those things. It's a lot easier to hide. And sometimes if you were lucky, you got put at a table with all kids and no, no adults and you could raise that little flag as many times as you want. Correct, because they weren't going to charge your table anything. So it's just all the salsa and so I mean, Godspeed to that waiter, but. Yeah, exactly. It was just. Yeah, um, I think the the worst memories I have of that place was when I was a summer camp counselor. I went there twice as a summer camp counselor, and we literally lost children. And like usually, I mean, we found them eventually. Like it was there's only like one exit. <laughs> <laughs> there is only one exit. But usually, when we would go on field trips, um, when I was a summer camp counselor, we would all have a group of kids, right. and we would be in charge of that group of kids. And we all knew going into Casa Bonita, there is no possible way we right. could find a way to group the kids such that they would want to stay in that group because it is a maze and as it's, adults you feel compelled to go explore you have to own. go explore you have to go explore and so we all got assigned stations and i remember i don't remember which time it was but i got assigned the station right outside of the arcade nice and i had to yell at these kids who for who were like i don't i don't remember what they were doing but they're like trying to steal tickets somehow because it's like an arcade where you get you get you coins, get tickets, get right. prize, you know, and so some of the, not the, cave themed or not Acapulco cave themed. themed. It's very or strange. It's like it's themed. like there's a whole cave section, and then you enter something that actually looks like it belongs in the strip mall, <laughs> and then you turn and there's oh, more. Oh, is this cave. business just always here, and you cut a door into it? <laughs> <It's> like what's? <laughs> why is it like two levels? Correct. I don't I don't know what's happening. And we so we had a time where we were supposed to start gathering all the kids. We had like a group message. We were like, okay, it's time. Like start start telling the kids to go to one of the right. many caves. There's like a cave that's like a, it had seating and it was like a stage yep. area. Yep. Yeah. And we got all the kids in there. We did a head count. We were like, okay, we're missing a couple. So a couple of the counselors went off to go find the kids that were missing. And then we did another head count and we were like, why are more of them gone? <laughs> As a teacher, that's so real. It's like, I am a shepherd who went out for his flock and then more of these sheep ran away. At one point, I was the only one standing there because we kept having to send counselors out to find kids. And I was like, if any of you move, I swear to God. Everyone stays in this corner. Everyone stays right where I can see them. Crazy eyes. Yes. I was like, I'm one 18-year-old girl. And why I am I... I couldn't get a job as a diver, and so this is as good as it gets for me. I was like, why Why are there 60 of you? I love how you're like, I can juggle fire, but not 60 kids. It was impossible because they were trying to... I swear to God they were pranking us. Because every time we counted, there was a different number. I just love that there was like probably like a tunnel hole cave thing in the back that it just kept slipping out. I don't know what was happening, but I swear to God, it took us like 45 minutes to find all of them and then we were like okay everyone everyone okay we're gonna go out to the bus yes. and it's like one of those things where you're like i kind of hope this exists in like a twilight zone thing where it's like no danger can befall us here but we need to find you before we leave so i guess like being unsupervised here it's like what's i mean other what's than drowning what's the worst thing that yeah, could happen exactly um uh, yeah and then you go outside and it's like that movie theater thing and it's still light out so <laughs> you're like Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, it's just been 7 p.m. in Puerto Vallarta for the last four hours for me. 
And you also have like a mean character drawing of yourself. <laughs> the gopher teeth, really yeah. prominent. <laughs> you tipped all your money to the mariachi band. <laughs> Just so that they would go away. Exactly. Like it's an art form and it's wonderful. Oh, it's beautiful. But, but I'm also like always uncomfortable when the attention is on Especially me. when I'm an adult and I'm trying to like, okay, I, I get it. I get it. I just need to find where the sixth kid from my table is. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I do. Thank you. And also, so, yeah. Please leave. <laughs> You're causing a distraction. I even mentioned that like Colfax is, it's, it's infamously known as Wicked Colfax. Yes. Because it is... A wild street in mm-hmm. Denver. I think you can find every splice of life on Colfax. It used to be Denver. where all the prostitution was, yeah. and that's what I like grew up knowing. And obviously, it's like not really that way anymore. No. There's still like strip clubs and stuff. Its legend has been, you know, overblown over the yes, years. Yes, and it's also like that, is the longest continuous street is. in the U.S. I think, and you can see it from space. I just remember. Which is weird. As a kid, obviously not really knowing mm-hmm. anything when my parents brought us there. But then seeing it then like 14, 15 years later. And at that time, like investment into that neighborhood had not really happened no. yet. And so you could tell that a lot of the stuff was kind of still the way it had been. Yeah. I remember at the time being like, I'm actually kind of proud of my parents <laughs> for like being willing to bring us here. Because it wasn't something that you would have like experienced. What I'm trying to say yeah. is my rural relatives, I think, would have been terrified to go yeah and i'm like i'm glad mom and dad weren't of that mindset yeah. and could bring us here and i was like wow such a strange good for Greg place and it's like literally one of those things you go there as a kid and you <laughs> accept it as reality yeah. and even when i went there as a summer camp counselor i was like oh god we're going to casa bonita <laughs> and now like after it closed and everyone started mm-hmm. reminiscing on casa bonita i think everyone was like was that real <laughs> yes did you also see a gorilla <laughs> Did you also play skee-ball while watching Cliff Divers? And, like, the funny thing is it definitely had lost some of its, like, mystique over yeah. the years. Like, for instance, towards the end, divers could just wear their own swimsuits. Yeah. And Dre Parker and Matt Stone have gone back to the original 70s design and I think even contacted the original producers Hell of yeah. the swimsuits for, like, the official look and everything. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy time capsule. Um, I'm almost assuredly going to go. I'm going to have to put my name on this email list in order to go. My name's been on the list for the last month. <laughs> uh, tickets are for dinner, for adults, tickets are like $37.99. Which you're like, I mean, that's dinner, that's a show. It's also unlimited chips, salsa, sopapillas. And exploration. Correct. You might find yourself. It's, eat, pray, love it's kind of on Colfax. <laughs> eat, pray, love on Colfax. There's actually a lot of really good <laughs> restaurants on Colfax, I will say. That's it's true, a, it's true. Because it's in a strip mall, a couple doors down is actually a really solid pho place. Really? If you want Vietnamese soups. Yes, absolutely. And it's like, you know, like the airport or some of those other places where you're just like, look at, yeah. look at you, look at humans kind of being humans, humans you know? <laughs> We all got scared by the same gorilla. Correct. You're gonna have as much fun as you let yourself be, let yourself have. And, and I hope remember, if you learn how to juggle fire, <laughs> you won't have to jump off of the 30 foot cliff as much. And for all of our Colorado listeners, I hope you can use some of these facts and numbers, all fact checked, at your next cocktail party. And Casa Bonita, our names Sponsor are on the list. Us. <laughs> Invite us. We'll promote you. I love you so much. You are a part of my childhood. Also, weirdly, part of mine. Yeah. <laughs> I never made a pilgrimage to Casa which means I think my parents went when they were kids. Yeah, absolutely. It's a love family that. tradition. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah. Follow us oh, on yeah. social medias. I, I, we do this every time, I and I can it's never so remember weird. the script. Okay. We have merch. It's probably not out by the time this comes out, but we will be looking for more new merch ideas. So right. let us know if you have any of those. Well, you can DM us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, while I laughed, or Gmail, while I laughed pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a Patreon, while I laughed podcast, where you can join us. Uh, we have some more content, exclusive yep. content there, and then access to a Discord channel where we'll respond to your memes. Yeah. Every new Patreon member gets a little message yeah. from Maya and I personally typed out, usually at a coffee shop. <laughs> Um, and then I think we'll also be giving our Patreon subscribers some some swag at some point oh, because we have all of their shipping addresses. I would love for it to be stickers. I'm just a huge sticker cute. person. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, until then, hopefully you laughed because yeah. I don't actually know how funny the story was. was. You and I had a fantastic time. I had the best time. I don't even care if other people enjoyed it or not. That was phenomenal. Oh, so in other words, regardless if they had a good time. Well, well I, laughed. I laughed. Got it. Okay, bye. <laughs> I think we end the podcast now. I think so. We finally got Number it. Number 14.